Welcome to Raising the Bar, the one and only podcast that centers the lives and experiences of women of color while discussing legal issues and policies. We aim to inform, educate, and provide concrete tools to empower, expand, and raise the bar for our communities and ourselves. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, (laughs) y'all. Welcome to Raising the Bar. My name is Iman. Um, This is the third episode of Raising the Bar. Excited that you could join me today. Today's episode is going to be, um, I think, a good episode. It's a good episode because we're talking about this current presidential administration, which I kind of said I wasn't going to do, but there's no way in the world that I couldn't do it. And I'm going to tell you why. This current administration is extremely effective, especially effective at what we're going to talk about today, and that is changing the courts in the United States, okay? And so I think... The way that this administration is talked about in the news, it's it's often sensationalized or the media grabs onto things that, you know, they can sell, basically grabs onto things that they can talk about in 50,000 different ways. And it may not be, you know, the things that we're talking about today, but one of the things that I will promise to focus on are the little things, the things that are going under the radar that this administration is doing that will impact our lives on a daily basis. And one of those things is today's topic, right, is the hiring and firing of administrative law judges in this country. Uh, so before we begin, let's start with our affirmation um, I really like the affirmation today, today's or this episode's affirmation. I got it from Huffington Post, and it was a, a part of a list, 10 daily positive affirmations for when black lives forget that they matter. And this is number seven. And it says, I will recognize my good qualities. I am an imperfect person, but I am full of grace, wisdom, beauty, and knowledge. I will not let my securities ring louder than my worth. And, you know, especially women, women of color, you know, this society often tells us what we're not or what we should be or how we fall short, right? So we're either too loud, we're too curvy, we're too skinny in the black community. That's a problem. Too skinny. We, we don't wear our hair this, this way. We should wear our hair this way. And I think all of that, all of those microaggressions, can nurture insecurities in any woman. And I'm speaking for myself. They've nurtured and they fostered insecurities in me. And what I am affirming today um, is that I am, despite any insecurities that I have, which is normal to have, I will not let them ring louder than my worth. Because I know I am worthy of being loved. I, you know, this imperfect person that I am, Imperfect as I might be, I'm still full of grace, wisdom, beauty, and knowledge. So I don't know who to who actually compiled this list. Um, I think the author author is Manet B. Um, she's the founder of Respect Your Struggle, and it's M I N A A and then B. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. I love it. It's 10 daily positive affirmations for when black lives forget that they matter. 
so uh, you were going to get into, but before, you know, before we get into it, I want to just talk about a little bit more of why this administration has been so effective, especially when it comes to the courts, right? And, you know, this, he promised to remake the courts. And there was a reason why he promised to make, remake the courts. Because if you remake the courts, you know, you pass, you're, you're basically laying the groundwork to have an impact on people's lives way before you're out of, way after you're out of office. And so this administration, within its first two years, has pushed through the largest number of federal judges than any other recent president. I think he's done like 23. He's so far, he's confirmed 23 judges. Now there's still, and, and you know what? There's still a sizable amount of um, vacancies left. There's about 180 vacancies left. And this is just on the federal level. And I'm not talking about the Supreme Court because we know that the, he has an impact or this administration has an impact there. I'm talking about on a federal court level. And so when you think about the federal courts, right, you think about constitutional issues that they hear, abortion, you know, LGBTQ rights, affirmative action, immigration, all of these things that will be impacted and, will, and this administration will have a long lasting impact on these topics if they remake the court, which they're doing. So today we're going to talk about another way in which, this, in, which, in which this administration is remaking, right, a court, and that's the administrative law judge. And those are administrative courts, and we'll talk about what that is. So sit back, relax, and um, yeah, stay tuned. All right, all right. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about a case, and I, you know, the funny thing is, I'm, I'm going to talk about the case, and then I'm going to tell you to ignore the case, because the subsequent executive order that, you know, this administration released and the DOJ memo has nothing to do with the case, but whatever. So you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying when we get into it. So there was a case um, out of the Supreme Court. It was Lucia v. SEC, I believe, the Security Exchange Commission, and the case basically talks about um, Raymond Lucia. He was charged with security laws by law violations. He went before one of the five administrative law judges at the SEC, um, held a hearing, concluded that he was guilty as charged, and they imposed sanctions against him. Raymond Lucia sought to overturn the ALJ, um, and he used his argument was that the judgment shouldn't stand because the ALJ wasn't appointed in the manner prescribed by the Constitution. And the Constitution states, requires that all officers of the United States be appointed by the president, courts of law, or heads of the departments. And his argument was that they are officers, you know, they're all, they are officers. The SEC said they weren't officers, that they're mere employees, and that because they're officers, they should be appointed by this manner that's prescribed in the Constitution. The court ended up saying, yes, they are officers, right? And the court, you know, basically said they were, that their appointment was invalid because they were appointed by staff at SEC and not the actual commission itself. And so, you know, and, and keep in mind, what we're going to talk about today as far as the hiring and firing, 
the Trump administration, I was trying not to say this man's name, but anyway, the current administration wanted the court to expand its decision and talk about the hiring or firing of ALJs. And the court didn't do that. The court's decision was extremely narrow. And the court's decision basically said, yes, they're officers and they should be appointed the way that, that the, um, the Constitution says that they should be appointed. And that the appropriate remedy is a new hearing before the SEC, another ALJ that's appointed correctly or before the admission or before the commission. That's it. Very, very narrow decision, although the current presidential administration wanted them to broaden their, um, their decision. The court did not, right? And so before we begin, let's talk about what an ALJ is and why they are important. An administrative law judge, judge serves as a judge and trier of fact who presides over administrative hearings. Um, and these judges reside within the agency and they, they can, you can find them in Social Security, you can find them in Medicare and Medicaid, you can find them in F, um, the Labor Department, you can find them in EPA, you can find them in many in SEC. And they have the power to administer oaths, make rulings on evidentiary objections, and render legal and factual determinations. Um, and to be appointed as an ALJ, and this is what we're going to talk about today, and this is what the current um, presidential administration changed, you had to complete a four-hour written examination, have seven years of litigation experience, and have an oral examination before a panel. So why are they important? Because people are more likely to see an ALJ than any other kind of federal judge. And I'm going to focus on Social Security today because out of the over 1,900 ALJs that we have in this country, 1,600 of them reside in the Social Security Administration alone. So while this case, this decision doesn't focus on any other agency besides SEC, it's very possible that it can have um, impact on other agencies. And, and so, first of all, I talked about the narrowness, the narrow um, nature of the, um, the actual decision. Agencies have moved to remedy the issue that was in the actual decision, where they, they have reappointed, you know, the judges to be in line with what the court said in the Lucia decision. So that's been fixed. But despite all of that, and despite the agencies took it upon themselves to actually make sure that their ALJs were appointed in accordance with the Constitution, this presidential administration decided, you know what, let's give you something that you don't need. And they gave us an executive order that we didn't need, but whatever. So this executive order was released, I believe, in July. And this executive order... Um, the purpose of it was to change the way administrative law judges were hired in this country. And so I just talked about the fact that they had to do, they were hired based on merit, based on merit. They have to have a certain number of years of experience. They have to do a four hour examination and they have to do an oral examination. Well, based on the executive order that this administration has released, that is no more. 
Now, um, they there's a new process for hiring them. And that process is that they will be appointed by this administration or by the department heads. That's what it said. That there will be no more competitive process. And I think I read somewhere that this new process that's outlined in this executive order has been described as under-the-radar White House court packing plan. And that's really what it is. So the executive order says, you know, um, that, that he finds that the conditions... And the, and the order talks about Lucia and mentions Lucia, but I, be, I want us to be very clear that... This presidential administration did not have to release this EO. The Lucia decision did not talk about, or the the court did not um, talk about the hiring of ALJs. They didn't say that that was unconstitutional. They said nothing about the merit-based competitive process of hiring ALJs. And so I think it's very misleading to talk about and to mention Lucia in this executive order when it wasn't required. But okay. It says that I find that conditions of good administration make necessary an exception to the competitive hiring rules and examinations for the position of ALJ. Mind you, he doesn't just focus on SEC. This is all ALJs. These these conditions include the need to provide agency heads with additional flexibility to assess prospective appointees without the limitations imposed by competitive examination and competitive service selection procedures. Y'all, that's a problem. And I'm going to tell you why it's a problem, right? The, we want <laughs> ALJs that are competent, that don't feel that they have, you know, to be loyal to the agency head that picked them. We want the, the, the process by which we choose ALJs to be transparent. We want people to understand what it takes, you know, to be an ALJ. Because, you know, I have, I have friends that were on the track to become ALJs. And they understood the process. They understood they needed the seven years. They understood that it was an oral examination. They understood that it was a written examination. Now, where's the transparency in this? And, and, and at, for a, such an important role. So I decided, you know, let's talk about the Social Security Administration. And the reason why I'm pointing out the Social Security Administration, and I know that it wasn't mentioned in, you know, the DOJ. I'm, I'm sorry, not DOJ. I know that it wasn't mentioned in the Lucia case you know, but the reason why I chose to talk about Social Security is because the subsequent executive order doesn't just focus on SEC. It focuses on all ALJs, and the majority of ALJs reside in the Social Security, Social Security Administration. And the ALJs in the Social Security Administration are doing the work that I think should be done by competent, impartial people. And so, you know, when you think about Social Security, what type of cases are being heard, right? You think about if a person has an issue with the dollar amount in the Social Security retirement account and you're denied and you appeal, you would go before an ALJ. If there was a question about who's eligible to receive deceased person's benefits you're, and you would like to appeal, you would go before an, um, an ALJ. 
If, you know, because of a workplace accident, injury, or illness, you're unable to work and you apply for disability benefits and you're denied, you will go before an ALJ. And so do we want people that are handpicked by department heads who were appointed by this administration to decide those things for us? Last year alone, the ALJs at the Social Security Administration saw 600, no, I'm sorry, presided over 600,000 hearings. And, you know, what does deciding a case mean, right? When they preside over, what does that mean? They have to read the claimant's record, which may consist of thousands of pages of medical documents. They have to hold a full and fair hearing. They listen to testimony. They may have expert witnesses. They have to draft complete instructions, and they have to edit and sign a decision. Do I want a person who has, you know, shown that I have experience in in litigation and understanding the complexities, right, of uh, disability law, social security law. I want them to take an examination, a written and oral examination, or do I want someone who just is appointed or handpicked by this current presidential administration? I'm going to, you know, that that's the impact that this may have on just this country and is, is largely being done under the radar. And so, you know, we talked about this, the, the actual executive order talked about the hiring, right? But there's also, this administration is also trying to affect the firing or the removal of ALJs. So in addition to this um, executive order, order, we also had a DOJ memo that recently came out. And in the DOJ memo, it, ba- it says that agency heads should have the authority to remove or decide good cause for the removal of ALJs. And that is a, a, a departure from the way that it's currently done now. The way that it's currently done now is the Merit Systems Protection Board, and MSPB for short, is an independent evaluator of ALJ conduct. And right now, the MSPB decides good cause for the removal of ALJs. And in this confidential memo, I'm not sure how Reuters got it, but you know, I'm glad that they did. In this confidential mem- memo to all of the uh, federal agencies, the DOJ says that, you know, agency heads have the de- authority to determine when there's good cause and that the MSPP and the Merit Systems Protection Board should defer to agency heads. Now, keep in mind, like I said, Lucia did not talk about this. The court did not say that there was anything wrong with the way, the current process, and the way that it's set up to remove ALJs now. And actually, the the current presidential administration asked the court to rule on the current process to remove ALJs, and they did not. And then, you know, there's a problem. Keep in mind... There's judicial independence will be compromised if we change the process by which ALJs are removed. Because if I'm an ALJ, and we're going to stick with Social Security right now, if I'm an ALJ and I've been imported by, and, and appointed by my agency head, and I know that something that I could do, my agency head could just remove me, 
I would probably decide cases that are aligned with the current presidential administration's agenda. And, 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 and that would mean that ALJs are not independent. That would mean that they that judicial independence out the window. And, you know, this current DOJ memo is a departure from the, the relationship the agencies have with the MS, MSBP. Y'all, this is important because we want judges to be competent and we want them to be impartial. We don't want them to be loyal to a, a certain presidential administration. We want them to take the facts of the case. We want them to decide based on the facts of the case alone. So why did I do this? Because I, as I said, you know, I, at, at Raising the Bar, we will center black people and women of color. I did this because since ALJs, the majority of ALJs are at Social Security, let's talk about the importance of Social Security benefits to the black community. Actually, you know, let's take a break. We'll talk about that up there. So how does this impact us? I'm going to center us because that's what we do. And so when I, th- when I heard about this and I heard about the change in the hiring and removal of ALJs, I immediately thought about how people, how and if people will receive their social security benefits, how will this impact it? How would this impact that? Because frankly, people that receive social security benefits, that more often than not is the only income they receive. So when you talk about Social Security retirement benefits, minorities rely on Social Security for more of their retirement income than their white counterparts. About 75% of minority beneficiaries rely on Social Security for at least half of their income. Almost half of minority beneficiaries, and that's about 45% of blacks and 44% of Hispanics, relied on Social Security for 90% or more of their income compared to 29% of whites. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's retirement. Let's talk about disability. About 2.3 million black people received Social Security disability benefits in 2013. And so those people that received their benefits... Their mean income level, the average income level was $17,000, $17,705. Disability insurance benefits constitute at least 75% of a person's personal income. And so when you have something that's extremely important to a, a segment of this society that's frankly already marginalized, right? When you have decisions being made by people who are just handpicked and pointed, appointed by this current presidential administration and making decisions that impact people's livelihood, this is a problem. It is, it is a problem. And so I don't know when we're going to start seeing it, but trust me, we will start to see the long-lasting impacts of this very soon. And so how can we raise the bar? What can we do? 
I know that there are two congr congressional representatives that's calling for a hearing on this. And I believe it's Cummings and Connolly. Yeah. Cummings and Connolly, they called for a committee hearing on this, this very thing. Um, I would honestly suggest you contact your representative and you tell your representative that we need to continue to keep ALJs independent and impartial. They don't need to, we don't need to change the way that they're hired or removed, that the Lucia decision did not mandate or require this. And this is yet one more thing that this administration is doing um, and making it seem as if, as if it's required when it's not. This administration knows full well what it's doing by changing the judicial landscape of this country. And they know that if they change the judicial landscape of this country, that they will have a long-lasting impact on the way that this country is ran. We have got to make sure that our representatives, that our elected representatives are aware that we know what's going on. And so I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Um, please reach out to me. You can reach out to me on www.rtbpodcast.com and that's rtbpodcast.com. If you have, you know, just any feedback, um, definitely subscribe, 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 rate, review, and share. Um, we're on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and um, Google Play. And we're on Instagram as One RTB Podcast and Facebook, One RTB Podcast. I look forward to hearing your feedback. I would love for you to, you know, rate and, and leave us feedback on um, either Apple Podcasts or Google Play. And until next time, stay blessed. <laughs>